0: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roy Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So the show, of course, is about the top legal stories of the week from a couple of different perspectives. I'm a libertarian baby boomer. Connor is a millennial progressive. Uh, but we somehow get through each episode, Connor, without, a, muddle food,
1: through. without a food fight. Yes. we throw coffee mugs at each right. other pencils but that's not really food. this microphone has gone through that window multiple times <laughs> that's right it's got some blood and hair yeah. on it who's who knows so big th- uh, big uh,
0: questions to talk about this week three questions as usual number one is former vp mike pence's attack on donald trump today the beginning of the end of trumpism hmm one hopes Number two, who is going to be left standing after the Sarah Palin New York Times cage fight? They're engaged in a trial in New York City as we speak. Well, probably uh, they're taking a break this uh, late Friday afternoon. And finally, third and finally, is Governor Newsom of California breaking the law by dismantling California's death row? We'll get into all of those topics uh, and guess the verdict, uh, our game show at the end of every episode. I give Connor the uh, facts of a real live case and he guesses whether or not it's uh, or he guesses the outcome of the case. And if he's right, he gets a bell. And if he's wrong, well, we just commiserate. I crave that bell. And say next time. I lie awake at night thinking about that bell. Probably better. It's almost Pavlovian. Yeah. Uh, To give you a little tease at the end of the show, the guess the verdict topic will deal with the case. Of the mayor's underwear. The case of the mayor's underwear. So All right. you've got that. So to Nancy Drew to. Before we get to uh, Mike Pence's uh, cage fight with Donald Trump, a, a couple of miscellaneous items. Number one, our mayor, Connor, is Eric Garcetti here yes. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Not for long, he's about to become the Duke of India. Ah, uh, yes. Or ambassador to India. Something like that. Something like that. Like yeah, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is tremendous because, I mean, this guy, he speaks uh, Hindi and he speaks... Oh wait a minute, he doesn't speak any of those languages hmm, funny. over there. But that's okay because he has he's steeped in that region of the world. He's devoted his life to studying the mores, the politics, the economics. Oh wait a minute, he hasn't done any of that. Right. Well, that's okay. He's got such a track record of absolute stunning success in his positions of versus- responsibility. Oh, well that was that one i think he probably wait does, a minute but... at los angeles connor we're about to circle the drain we're doing pretty well actually. and he's getting out of dodge yeah sure i would i i don't get it anyway so he's he's going off to this job but the, as a sort of a last official act mm-hmm. he and magic johnson had a wonderful picture taken at the Aww. rams big victory over the san francisco 49ers How at nice. the sofi stadium recently yeah. it was such a nice friendly photo they were standing there next to each other and Neither one had a
1: mask. Licking each
0: other's face. Neither one had a mask. I don't know about the licking part. That was not reported in the L.A. Times, and I'm sure they would have told us. Sure. But anyway, here's the deal. Uh, Garcetti gets some uh, some flack over there. Sure. And, and did you hear what he said in no. response? Oh, he, say? he said, not to worry, folks. I <laughs> Don't blame you for not understanding how I handle these things. As a celebrity, I've got these techniques. When People want pictures with me, and they want them all the time. I just take off my mask for a few fleeting seconds, long enough for the click, 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 snap, snap. Oh, you're beautiful, Mr. Garcetti. Right. Yeah. And during that time, you hold your breath. Hold my breath. Yeah. Now here's my question, Connor. Did he? Did he do drugs in the nineties? When another <laughs> I mean, prominent, probably. prominent Democrat, didn't got inhale. into some yeah. trouble for saying That's I good. didn't inhale. That's good. Yeah. Uh, do you think he forgot about that?
1: He, he clearly did. Yeah, because it's it's too ripe. I think for credit. Too but ripe. At the same time, just like Magic Johnson's uh, old jerseys, too ripe, but. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, the take off your mask and hold the breath for a picture uh, strategy actually does work. Unlike, Oh, I think it works not to inhale the, marijuana smoke, too. That's true. I, I, think don't, don't I think you
0: get very much less high oh, yeah, if you don't inhale. Yeah, so, so, so Bill Clinton was absolutely right. Absolutely right. right. Said he's right in there. Yeah. Both. A laughing stock. Yeah, exactly. They're both gonna be ridiculed yeah. on an international I think sure. in New Delhi, and I'm not going to try my sure. bad Indian accent. No, that would not don't. be good. No, probably not. In New Delhi, they're laughing at Eric Garcetti yeah. right now. I will be soon. Damn, I wish I could do my accent. Anyway <laughs> Uh, so that's I'm sure he'll recover from that as soon as he gets out of Dodge. Second preliminary thing before we get to uh, Pence and Trump, the Michael Avenatti, uh guilty verdict just hit the news yes, today. Stormy. Today, Friday. Um, Stormy vindicated. Stormy uh, has uh, the prosecutors have won. He, he its determined by the jury. They had a little misstep there. They couldn't couldn't resolve a unanimous vote on all the counts. But they did come back and say, yes, he was guilty of fraud. Uh, were you shocked by this? Uh, we shouldn't be shocked, I guess, because he was already convicted in the Nike extortion deal. Yeah. But I always thought it would be really hard to convict Abenadi of anything mm. because he's known to the whole planet as a Trump enemy, yeah. a Trump hater. And in America, I would say there are roughly 55 percent of the population that would qualify as Trump enemies, Trump haters. Sure. How do you get 12 people If there were 12 on, there are 12 in state court criminal juries, but not always in the federal system, but still has to be unanimous. How do you get a unanimous vote among jurors in this federal jury trial to convict a guy when you gotta believe at least several of the jurors absolutely detest Trump and saw Avenatti as a national hero? Is this
1: a vote of confidence for the jury system? Maybe. I think if there's anything, if there were anything related to Trump, uh, in Avenatti's convictions, criminal convictions and, you know, civil wrongs that he committed against his clients. Uh, if there was anything Trump related or political at all, then you'd be in much more danger of that sort of tainting of the jury pool. And I would expect, yeah, you probably are going to have a tough time getting a unanimous count because there is going to be one superpartisan on any jury, given the the state of this country. But when things are so abstracted from politics as to as to be about you know misuse of client funds like Stormy Daniels you know money and and, uh, and not giving her her money and overcharging her all these things that was I think like a, a legal malpractice issue and so. Tightly encapsulated around that, and the, the prosecutors probably did a very good job of—I of, would, if I were them—limiting it, making it clear this is not about politics. And in that situation, though, when they have a plausible story that this is not about politics, I think that's a strong argument. Yeah. Also, I think there's a there's a, d- a different sort of a notion on on the left where they have a lot of confidence in the jury system and like the rule of law, and they love to tear down their own like Al Franken and and you know just uh, just say, oh well, th- this person has, has done right. wrong. I mean, if the conservatives are right about cancel culture i don't think they are but even taking their word for the fact that the left wants to cancel people for their wrongs it, it, it is actually kind of a juicy thing to be able to say i'm so holier than thou i'm so about so. politics so. that i won't cancel one of my own i relish canceling my own by the way because that proves that i am canceling people for the right
0: reasons when you whispered a minute ago i don't think they are uh-huh. was that a biden
1: whisper? It was not Biden. Dramatically uh, lowers his voice sometimes. He would. Um, he, he would have said. Is that a notice? I
0: don't think they are.
1: That would have been a Biden sure, whisper.
0: That's true. Okay, yeah. so I, uh, you know, we're I'm working not sure. on our impressions today. Some I'm not, in our heads, some well, out Yeah, out loud. we talk about them, but we don't do them. Uh, I think maybe you've got some rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Uh, tell me how, again how to pronounce the name of the Muslim ethnic minority that the Chinese oppress. The Uyghurs. Uyghurs. Okay. Yes. If the Uyghurs were on the jury, right. And President Xi mm-hmm. were the criminal defendant. Yes. And he was accused of, I don't know, you know stealing Venus. Sure, sure, and, sure. And, <laughs> and claiming it for China. Don't you think the Uyghurs yeah. would say, screw you, Xi. Yes. I'm voting against you. Well, why wouldn't the, the Democrat, Trump-hating, oh, Avenatti-loving yeah. no, totally right. jurors I mean,
1: absolutely. vote for him? You put me on a jury. To, to convict Trump of a parking ticket, and he says I've never owned a car, and he's right. He I don't care. Be a jury nullification. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. I'm still convicting Trump of that parking ticket. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. You can't stop me.
0: All right. Well, anyway, I don't know if it's a vote of confidence for the jury uh, system or not, but uh, looks like a they, little looks bit. like they did the right thing this time. All right. So let's get to our uh, our top stories. First one is: Is Mike Pence's attack on Trump the beginning of the end of Trumpism? This is kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. it's not that he's been totally obsequious since January 6th, but he hasn't exactly been, you know, blasting Trump. So Mike Pence today came out and said, President Trump is wrong. Did you ever think those words would come out of Mike Pence's mouth? President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election, Pence said. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. Frankly, there's almost no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. Okay, you can say, took a little while, Mike, you know, to to grow that spine.
1: But the fact is, he's done it now. I mean, he grew the spine when he didn't go along with Trump at the time. You know, when there was a mob of of angry people building a literal gallows outside the Capitol, screaming, hang Mike Pence, and he didn't do what they wanted. So if you're going to, you know, uh, criticize Pence for for a lot of stuff, and I do, uh, I will say that I uh, appreciate at least he didn't do the uh, insane thing that the mob of people who wanted to kill him if he didn't do it uh, wanted him to do. I mean. That's great. great I job. think
0: I think this signals the, baseline, the campaign but, yeah. kickoff. Uh, for 2024 Uh, I think it uh, I I think it represents Mike? Absolutely Mike and you know that Ted Cruz and Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and everybody else and Mike uh, Pants, everybody else is in position to run they're all crossing their fingers something (laughs) must happen to Donald Trump maybe there'll be a health issue maybe there'll be a prosecution maybe the American people will come to their senses don't you think that's what everybody's hoping for and isn't this his way and here's my next question is the timing of Pence's comment Related to the fact that just in recent days, Trump came out with the most astounding statement along the lines of, well, you know, the rioters have been uh, treated so unfairly. Yeah, I'm not taking uh, pardons off the table if I'm yeah. reale- yeah. elected again. Yeah. You know, pardons, if, if it's fair to issue pardons. In other words, they're all getting pardoned. Yeah. And people reacted by, to that by saying, are you kidding me? Yeah, crazy. You know, you, you shouldn't even be talking about that. Yeah. You can't stop yourself from talking about st- stopping the steal. And you can't stop talking about yeah. January don't you think that Pence may think, okay, this is a moment of vulnerability? It could be a tipping point. I, You know, as a student of the McCarthy era in the 50s, right. uh, he imploded within a matter of months when national TV showed he was a demagogue in yeah. the Army McCarthy hearings in the spring of 1954. Yeah. And soon he was gone. And I, I kept thinking after, after the January 6th thing and all the craziness with Giuliani— when are we going to have the Joe McCarthy moment and the tipping point will happen and people will recognize, OK, I was really so much in favor of his policies and his judges. I was able to look the other way, but not now. But it never seemed to happen. Yeah. Maybe this will be the
1: start of that switch. Yeah. Never know. I, To me, I don't know if McCarthy ever had as fervent a base. I mean, he certainly whipped people up and, and got this red scare. Uh, he had knowing. a hugely fervent base over half of the American public
0: just before those army McCarthy hearings was squarely in his corner when it comes to the idea of going after communists. So it's very possible that um, Trump will meet the same fate as Joe McCarthy, but, but not in terms of alcoholism, because that, Probably killed, not. that killed Joe a couple of years after and, his uh, censure by the U S Senate. And I happen to know because Donald Trump says so, so many times he doesn't drink or take drugs. Not a
1: single drop. Now,
0: I'll say. Can you imagine what it would have been like if he'd been a drinker?
1: (laughs) I mean, he's clearly (laughs) hopped up on you know stimulants. Life, he's high on life. Yeah. So I look. I would be, too, if I were the president. you got to be sort of a, a, a on the clock 24 hours a day. You're, I don't know how old he is, 70-something and not in, good, not in good shape. Right. Uh, and you eat mostly McDonald's hamburgers because you're afraid of being poisoned because uh, you're just complete wacko. Of course, you're going to you know, need a little bit of a pick-me-up terms of stimulants. Nothing wrong with that. So when we come back, we're going to polish
0: off the uh, the Pence-Trump topic by addressing the question of whether a change in a congressional statute might prevent the kind of shenanigans that we had with uh, Pence being asked to change the election uh, very recently. But first,
1: Connery is going to tell you about how to rate and subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, check us out on whichever podcast platform is your favorite, meaning is on your phone. Uh, that's probably Apple Podcasts. But it might be Stitcher, Spotify, or Podcast Addict, or anybody else. Uh, And wherever you are, the buttons change shape and size and name, but hit join or subscribe or follow or like or whatever it is. And uh, leave us a review too, because we love those. We'll be right back. This is
0: Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roy Lopes. And I'm We're talking about the fact that Mike Pence has turned against Donald Trump. He's come out and said, you know what? Uh, actually, there was absolutely no basis for me to overturn the election as vice president. So uh, there is a congressional statute, Connor. It's mm-hmm. the Electoral Count Act. And a lot of people want to change that law because some people say that The existence of the law gave Trump through some advice from some constitutional lawyers, uh, Mr. Chapman from, I'm sorry, uh, John Eastman from Chapman. uh, A lot of people think that that law actually gave a a, a whiff of, of a chance that a vice president could change the outcome of the election. Uh, The Electoral Count Act, it's an ambiguous 19th century statute that purports to let a majority of Congress disqualify a state's electors after the electoral college has voted. And there's some weird precedents from history, Nixon Kennedy election and the Thomas Jefferson in uh, 1800 that some people point to and say, well, yeah, uh, the, the president, the vice president did have some power. Now, most people read the statute and say, well, A, it's vague, but B, it definitely does not give the VP the power to overturn an election. But the fact that it's so old, archaic and ambiguous means a lot of folks want to uh, to change it or repeal it. And it, it sounds like it would be a good idea to get rid of any suggestion that the VP has this power. I mean, if you think you've been cheated, you go to court, which right. Trump did 60 times. Mm-hmm. But... You know, that's the only option. You can't ask your friendly VP to say, oh, well, I've got some real questions about these things that the judges didn't have questions about. So send it back to South Carolina. Uh, you think that if we get rid of that statute, perhaps uh, we'll have a safer future?
1: I, the, the real problem here that we're dealing with, like on a legal level, is that the law is not real. It's made up. We all invented the law and we look around and we look at each other and we well, say, Congress made it up. I Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, the people, et cetera. Uh, well, this is a law, right? The law is real, right? We all, Everybody goes, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like the U.S. dollar is real, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't really matter. Because at the bottom of the dollar of all is it, real, it's in my wallet right now. In what sense is it not real? Very Just good Just because point. other Absolutely. people attribute significance to the yeah, they might green ac- paper with president's faces yeah, on exactly it? Exactly. That makes it real, but they might uh-huh. not have accepted it down at Trader Joe's. You never know. So the, the issue that we have here is if you change the process and you pass the electoral uh, count a uh, reform act that the Democrats are talking about to, right. to prevent an unscrupulous version of Mike Pence in an alternate reality or the next election <laughs> from denying uh, uh, the, the, the reality of the, the vote count being accurate. You simply hand the process over to the federal judiciary. You just say hey, you got a so- problem with that. It worked out great in two thousand. Yeah, I was about to say there's a very famous case oh, called beat you Bush to it. v. Gore, oh, beat you to in it. which the federal judiciary made what was probably the wrong call uh, in two thousand, robbing Al Gore of his That's rightfully you're, you're deserved- progressive friends don't call it probable. <laughs> It's true. Uh, Al Gore of his rightfully earned position as the inventor of the Internet, uh, taking ascending to the presidency. I mean, he invented the most important and life changing uh, technology in all our lives. So why wouldn't he deserve to be president? I mean, it just makes sense to me. Look, the, the issue at the base of all of it is you could have an unscrupulous VP, but you could have unscrupulous judges, too. You have to have scrupulous people. And of course, as we all know, checks and balances along the way. And so having a system where it, you, you modify this electoral count law to add an additional or different check, sure. OK, sure, Democrats, make it so that the federal judiciary has oversight of the VP's, uh, you know, uh, decision to accept the vote count in what is currently a ceremonial role. Well, what we have currently is a completely ceremonial role that the VP has that Donald Trump uh, attempted to hijack and misuse in order to derail this process. So, if you give the VP more power or less power, or you give the courts more power or less power, you don't actually prevent an unscrupulous person like Donald Trump from attempting to circumvent or hijack the process at all these different points where people have different powers. It passes through their hands due to you know due to the nature of the the, the peaceful transfer of power being complicated and have to go through lots of people's hands. You can write it down in lots of different ways. Hey, don't do the wrong thing. But if there are too many Donald Trumps and his supporters in the system, they can derail it. It's just like how the Senate can never bind itself, right? The Senate will pass a spending bill and they'll say, you got to spend this money on healthcare or trains right. or whatever. And then the next week they could roll back in and be like, psych, undo all that. Actually, we're gonna spend it on defense. Uh, here you go, Northrop Grumman. Here's a trillion dollars, or the next Senate that rolls in. No matter what the old Senate says, they write down, "Oh, if you undo this law, uh, the 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 you have to defund the Capitol Police, and then you'll be killed by rioters. Or uh, if you do do this, then if you if you cut hospital spending, then uh, then the army budget goes down." The next Senate can just come in and be like, actually, no, I undo all that. There's no way they can bind themselves or be bound by anyone in the past, which is important because you don't want like the specter of bad decisions from the past haunting the future Senate. But the reality of the situation is if you just pass some law that says this other person has oversight of it, you're just moving the, the, the ball like then Donald Trump just has to say, well, Step in, judges that I appointed, and fix this situation with your supermajority on the Supreme Court, instead of saying, step in, VP that I appointed, fix this with your power. It doesn't change the outcome. Honor, Either it's you, how they will do it or they won't. You
0: seem very cynical about our government. Uh, have you, oh, yeah. Are you familiar with the phrase, the glass is half full? of I, gasoline I, I think a more optimistic approach would, would be have i want to raise a linguistic issue with uh-huh. you as well you referred earlier to uh, unscrupulous conduct and uh-huh. then you referred to scrupulous conduct yes so there's the word uh, explicable sure uh and inexplicable sure do we really do we really use explicable it's not common no doug mcintyre the incomparable doug mcintyre would oh, yeah would often, a broadcaster yes he would he would use the word uh, explicable yeah um, and did you see Doug's post uh, on Facebook today? No. Uh, he was a friend of Howard Hessman, star of WKRP in Cincinnati. Doug yes. was a writer. And so there was a nice picture of the two of them together. And so I got to go back and watch the episodes because classic, uh, it's, classic a, it's a classic TV show.
1: All right. So uh, I think we've resolved the issue. Um, mm-hmm. about We haven't <laughs> decided whether the U.S. government is flammable or inflammable, but either way. There's another one. Yeah, yeah that's even worse because
0: <laughs> nobody knows the difference between those two. All right, let's get to topic two, who will be left standing in a Sarah Palin New York Times cage fight. So the deal is... Um, yeah, this is a weird one. It's been around a long time. Yeah, it has. So here's a quick uh, overview of the background. Uh, there's a trial going on in in New York City. Um, Sarah Palin has sued the New York Times for defamation. Why? Because, well, here, here's the background. Way back in 2011, uh, a maniac in Arizona shot uh, Democrat Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords. And the New York Times... Um, Uh, several years later, uh, talked about that in the context of another shooting, namely a 2017, I think, shooting by a maniac who shot up a bunch of Republicans who were in Congress, who were practicing for their upcoming baseball game against the Democrats. Apparently, this guy was a real Democrat fan. So uh, the New York Times, after the baseball softball shooting, uh, ran an editorial in which they made two mistakes. The first mistake was that they said there was a direct link. Uh, between the 2011 shooting of Giffords and Sarah Palin's PAX newspaper ad, which showed a crosshairs on various Democrat districts throughout the nation, uh, she wanted to to get rid of those congressmen by defeating them at the polls. The, then they, they also had a, a second mistake uh, that, that they apologized for. They they, they came out in their uh, in in their correction. And they said that the crosshairs didn't cover individual Democratic lawmakers, just the locations of their districts. So New York Times tried to make it good and say, you know, we we made a mistake in the editorial. Well, Sarah Palin wasn't good enough for her. She sued for defamation. And so the trial is going on and it has raised the interesting issue of uh, actual malice. Uh, if you want to sue somebody for defamation, namely, they lied about you and it really hurt you. Not a criminal matter, but a civil matter. Right. You're looking for money. Right. If you file that action. And if you, the person who have been has been defamed, are a public person. Right. According to
1: the U.S. Like, Dep- say, uh, a vice presidential candidate of the United right. States. Yeah.
0: Or any kind of public person. Yeah. You know, soap opera star or whatever. Right. Uh, if they want to collect for defamation, they have to show actual malice by the speaker, meaning that that speaker knew it was false. They wanted to lie. They wanted to hurt you. Or if they didn't actually want to hurt you, they were totally reckless
1: as to the possibility that what they were spewing were lie. This is because we, the U.S. court system, provides or tries to provide extra protection for just random private individuals walking down the street who are, should be free from the threat of defamation. If you are a private person, you're not putting yourself out there. You're not running for office. You're not a celebrity. You're not a sports figure. You're not you know, taking advantage of being famous and on the world stage or the national stage or even the big local stage. If you just want to keep to yourself and somebody's out there defaming you, All you've got to show are the normal elements of defamation, that they did this bad thing, that they said this bad thing about you, and that that bad thing isn't true, and that you were harmed by it. The extra special element, though, we say is, "Whoa, whoa, celebrities, people are talking about you all the frickin' time like constantly they're reporting on you. Other people are reporting on the reporting on you. You are going to be a topic of conversation and you're getting the benefit of being a topic of conversation. You're getting votes out there because your name is out there. VP Palin people are uh, you know, in 2011. She's not you know, 2014. She's not being voted for, but still public figures have an extra high bar to to a hurdle to pass that the act person who committed the act of defamation really hated them and wanted them to suffer and was trying to defame them when they said the words they said.
0: So Donald Trump would like to sue his enemies. He has a personal reason for wanting it to be easier to sue the media, the New York Times, and so on. Mm -hmm. And he's a public figure. And he's a public figure, so he doesn't want to have the extra baggage of having to actually prove actual malice. Mm -hmm. Clarence Thomas and, I believe, uh, uh, Alito on the high court are leaning in that direction. And so soon, the U.S. Supreme Court may be addressing this issue as to whether we should dump the New York Times versus Sullivan precedent of 1964 And I I don't know. I mean, is the idea of helping famous folks deal with defamation lawsuits uh, an obsolete concept?
1: I mean, the problem is that the court system is so incredibly broken. It is so expensive, so impossible to actually seek recourse through it, uh, that the idea of using anti-defamation lawsuits uh, to really police speech in this way is fraught, that's that's the underlying issue that we have. It's that somebody like Donald Trump can file a lawsuit for defamation and stop other people from uh, saying bad things about them, but there are lots of public figures out there who do not have the money To uh, you know, file defamation lawsuits against everybody who says and does bad things. People like Donald Trump who say bad things shouldn't
0: have spent all their money on cocaine. You're saying?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Unlike Trump, who only spent some of his money on cocaine because he has enough money. I thought we decided
0: earlier in this episode he doesn't drink or take drugs. Well,
1: he doesn't drink. That's for sure. Um, So (laughs) that's a downer, and he ain't never looking like he's on a downer. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's a really tough question. I, I I don't think that there's really. A, a pressing need to change defamation law in this country. And when you see that. So you're saying you disagree with Clarence Thomas. Yeah, and I'm, Donald s- Trump. I'm and, and Samuel Alito. Shocker over yeah. here, right. Yeah. But the reason that Donald Trump wants to do this is so clearly and obviously, short sightedly, selfishly, personally <laughs> driven. Like it's so obvious he doesn't actually care about like defamation law in the abstract. He's literally just saying people are saying bad things about me and the current law says that because they weren't actually trying to hurt me, they're just like reporting on the horrible things that I do and say, I can't sue them. Well, that's terrible. I should be able to sue all these people for saying I do awful things just because I did them.
0: Uh, Donald Trump is not an abstract guy. That's he true. is a concrete guy. Practical. That's what he uses to it's build many of his buildings.
1: Yeah, and then that's what they tear down when they repossess them.
0: When we come back, is Governor Newsom of California breaking the law by dismantling California's death row? Wait, no, hold on. We'll be right back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks, And I'm Connor Ups. And uh, Governor Newsom of California is uh, he's taking some steps when it comes to capital punishment. Making big Connor. moves. So he's against capital punishment. Sure. Uh, that is a problem because his bosses... Us, the people, approve of it. In 2016, California rejected Prop 66 that would have repealed the death penalty. Instead, they voted to expedite the executions, mm-hmm. to, to shorten, shrink the appeal time. Newsom was on the losing side of that. He wanted to see capital punishment dumped. But, you know, you can't always get what you want, as the Rolling Stones say. Then Newsom ran for governor in 2018. And he said during the campaign, on it, I will abide by the will of the voters when they pass Prop 66. Okay, I didn't agree with him, but that's okay. So he gets elected. And what do you know, two months after he's sworn in, he said, you know, I'm giving a reprieve to every murderer on death row. I think capital punishment is immoral. Uh, Then he signed an executive order imposing a moratorium on executions of all 737 inmates on death row. By the way, 2016 wasn't the first time Californians supported capital punishment in the last 50 years. They voted for it. 11 times. So right. we know where the voters stand. So now, today, Newsom is doubling down. He is dismantling death row in San Quentin. He's sending the inmates, sprinkling them throughout the general population of various uh, prisons. And he's hired a consultant at taxpayer expense <laughs> to design space at San Quentin that will be healing and restorative. Yeah. Instead of death row. Death row does not sound healing and restorative. No, it's not very restorative. no, So Article 5, Section 1 of the California Constitution, I hate to be technical, but it does say the governor shall see that the law is faithfully executed. So what about the will of the voters who voted to uphold the death penalty and for expedited executions of those on death row? Does it bother you at all that he seems to be kind of uh, spitting in the eye of
1: the voters? The the governor's job, to use your turn of phrase there, is committed to the faithful and just execution of the law. That's his job. He has to do it. And guess what? If you have a law that is not currently being executed in a just way, in fact, other people are out there uh, on death row, threatened with execution in other states, but threatened here in California, even though nobody's going forward, in an unjust way, because- Be ending up on death row, as the academics will tell you, those nerds with their glasses and their numbers, uh, they'll tell you (laughs) ending up on death row has more to do with wealth and race than it has to do with whether you committed a crime. Well, you're not alone. In
0: your criticism of the system, for example, uh, Stephen Breyer, who's about to resign from the U.S. Supreme Court in a dissent a couple of a couple of years ago, uh, he came out and said, you know, I've got serious questions about capital punishment. I think it may violate the Eighth Amendment ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, there was a federal trial court judge in Orange County several years ago who said, you know what? It is so up in the air, so inexplicable, hey. uh, the question of who gets executed right. and when yeah. and why. I hereby declare, as a single federal trial court judge they, in Orange County, California, it. yep. it's, it's unconstitutional. Now, his action did not affect other jurisdictions. It just governed his particular courtroom. Right. But that's the way he felt. So, as I say, you're not alone. But the fact is, you guys are in the distinct minority because we have a judicial system that's sort of endorsed by the current uh, judicial powers, endorsed by uh, the legislators in, in Congress and various legislatures around America who believe that the legal system is not... So riddled with racism and inherently unfair that it needs to be taken apart. These people who run the nation and the various branches of government believe in the legality of the system. And therefore, they're not about to throw out capital punishment or, you know, 50 year terms for murder or or any aspect of it. So. I, I hear what you're saying. You've got criticisms, but until you have a majority on the court or in the legislatures, I mean, isn't the law the law? I mean, to faithfully execute the law, why shouldn't he just grudgingly say, you know, I hate this. I'm even thinking about resigning from my job because I have to preside over this this unfair systemic racism. But the fact is, that's the law right now. So where does he get off telling those of us who voted for capital punishment, ha ha, I'm not going to enforce what
1: you guys want. But that that's. But I think that's, it, it's silly. If somebody said... To you uh, that we uh, say you had a a law that said we're going to collect taxes and use those taxes to pay for, you know, government services and and keep everybody afloat and all that. Right. Um, And uh, uh, we're going to collect taxes in in, in this way. We're going to collect a hundred dollars from everybody. And the law and that's what the law said on the books. And everybody looked at it and said, that's a good law. And they vote for that. And then you vote for a governor who says, I'm going to uphold the law and I'm going to, you know, make sure everything goes down right. And uh, so you elect him. And then uh, in practice, when the tax man comes around, uh, rich people and white people uh, end up paying like a dollar and everybody else uh, gets put on death row and you That's go an extreme result yeah exactly and you go oh man uh the governor says this is a real this is bad a shocking situation. hypothetical you're how developing do I, how do I, how do i how do i stop <laughs> this from happening like yeah. we're we're ending up putting people in jail so he jail. stops it and he's a hero yeah and and so the governor says look i'm not going to enforce this law because the outcomes of us enforcing this law are horrific and racially biased and socioeconomically biased and we have terrible terrible outcomes for people through no fault of their own. Meanwhile, other people are basically getting out scot-free, lighter sentences, not ending up on death row. You know, other states out there are executing people with, like, mental disabilities. Uh, They're executing people with just, you know, very low IQs. Uh, They're executing people for felony murder, where you commit a felony, and then in the course of you being, like, the getaway driver, inside, somebody has a heart attack, one of the hostages has a heart attack and dies, and then you, the getaway driver, uh, are... uh, uh, go to uh, end up on death row like there are all these dangers to capital punishment and then there's all this you know constant exonerations based on new evidence uh, witnesses recanting dna evidence comes out it's just a horrifically unjust situation and you look back at the law and the law just says collect a hundred dollars from everybody or uh the death penalty for people who commit the absolute worst most heinous crimes and we think are irredeemable and the governor looks at this and goes OK, yeah, but I can't just snap my fingers and fix how we apply the law. We have a horrifically racist system that arrests people at the wrong rates for the wrong acts. We have a system that that persecutes people and keeps people in perpetual poverty and drives them towards crime and recidivism when they have no other choice you know, to have to improve their lives. So like. I can't snap my fingers and fix this, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can snap my fingers and make sure nobody dies.
0: Well, I hear you. I I understand your arguments. Um, I will say this, though, until AOC is elected Empress of Alpha Centauri. Uh uh um, You know, sorry. You know, we've got capital punishment. (laughs) You know, you can criticize it. You can say it's racist, but, you know. And uh, I I think she, by the way, I think she's considering running for yeah, it because yeah, you don't yeah, have
1: to yeah. be 35 yeah, that's true. to there's, do that job there's no it's rules it's never it's not there's written no anywhere you don't even have to be a human it is time the current, current. empress of <laughs> is not even a little it's like bit that, human.
0: it's like that great joke i don't know who the comedian was i'm stealing this from but uh uh, he said, "Isn't that funny? Why, why is Miss Universe always an Earthling? Yeah. You know, I think well, we're the prettiest. The fix is in. Well, I think they think that's unfair to people from other that's true you know, galaxies. Tau. Uh, time for Guest The verdict. Con. It's America's favorite guest, uh, favorite <laughs> game show. I think the real favorite game show was the one I was on in 1973, where I won a car. It's called Split- Cool Split Second. I was a college student at UCLA, and uh, to walk down memory lane." Um, I found out later that they had a few episodes on videotape years years later. I thought, boy, that'd be nice. fun to yeah. see me win a car. My yeah. parents came awesome. up on the stage. Everybody hugged. It was Amazing. great. And they had saved seven episodes. If you go on the internet, you're going to see seven episodes of Split Second. Uh-huh. And guess what? Little Royal is not in no, 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 So that's too bad. All right. So Guess the Verdict is where I uh, give you the v- facts of a real-life dispute, a legal dispute. Connor gets to guess the outcome, the winner. And uh, if he gets it right, he gets a bell. Oh the bell. And nothing else, just just the bell. That's enough. Uh, if uh, if he gets it wrong, we just uh, commiserate and maybe next time it'll be better. Are you ready for the facts? Yes. Artist David Nelson displayed a painting of the late Chicago mayor Harold Washington at the Art Institute of Chicago. Okay. Sounds okay so far, right? Yeah. Prominent artist, a beloved mayor, yeah. big city, museum. Sure. Everything's okay fu- now. Until until The portrait portrays Mayor Washington clad in women's underwear. Oh, nice. Three members of the Chicago City Council, who were big pals of the mayor, decide this shall not stand. Oh, the mayor didn't like it. Uh, The mayor's dead. Oh. Uh, But the members of the city council who loved him but do not like his memory being preserved in this way. Did he look good? Uh, I don't know. Oh. But, you know, how good can you really look if you, everybody is seeing you in the pinstripe suit and all of a sudden you're there in a, I mean, it might be a shock, a nightie, what if I he's mean, pulling it off? I don't know. So anyway, three members of the Chicago City Council go to the museum, Connor, and they tear the portrait down. Oh, no. Okay? No, no. Uh, the artist, David Nelson, and of course the ACLU, had nothing better to do, <laughs> joined the lawsuit. What do they have? To, how were they hurt? I mean, we'll talk about intermeddlers. Uh, anyway, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and let's assume they standing somehow. Sure. The artist David Nelson, hey, I wonder if that was Ricky's brother. Anyway, uh they sue the politicians. Connor, how do you guess this legal dispute turned out? Well, you know, um, I think I think the artist You're still thinking about my David Nelson comment, aren't you?
1: I can't tell you. You were just born too late. I think the artist is gonna is gonna win on this one. I Mm -hmm. think that uh you are allowed to paint public figures uh in their skivvies, and that's uh that's an important part of our our freedoms uh, as America. Uh, we have a lot of freedoms to paint people in their skivvies, mostly, um, as long as they're not like an executive at Chevron, and then they'd like obviously destroy your entire life. But, but like a, a, a politician, sure, paint them away. Yeah. So you think that the artist won? Yeah.
0: And you're right. Yes. The artist won $300,000. Oh boy, I didn't well, think that. He got to say, he got to get uh, $50, the ACLU demanded two hundred and ninety five dollars <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, We made a lot of progress uh, this week, Connor. Everybody have a great week out there. We'll see you next time on Too Many Lawyers.